everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Magic Podcast. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the editor of Orlando Magic Daily, and uh, we're continuing on here at the Locked On Magic Podcast. I, I just want to welcome you once again to uh, to this endeavor uh, that, that we're doing, and, and I'm, I know I've shared the link a few places on orlandomagicdaily.com. Uh, I know that there has been some issue with iTunes, so if you look us up on Audio Boom, you can get a link to our iTunes account through there. Uh, so just log on to audioboom.com, uh, search Locked On Magic Podcast, uh, and then you should be able to find us, get us on iTunes, get get this, get this, and every single episode, daily episodes now coming, about 15 to 20 minute podcasts on your listening mobile device, whatever it is, uh, automatically. It's all good. We've got a lot going on today as the NBA draft is now one day away. We're really, really excited to finally have some some like real magic news to talk about, not just kind of speculation or anything like that. There, there are some real issues coming around. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about the draft. Uh, I uh, have been doing some mock drafts, uh, some live mock drafts with a few people, and I've noticed a few trends, a few things that, that have happened that, that could play out in the draft, and I just want to kind of share my observations on that. Uh, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about some of, the, some of the profiles that we've done on Orlando Magic Daily. Today we wrapped up our... OM Draft profile series, uh, looking at 14 different prospects uh, throughout the last few weeks, and so I'll highlight a few of those, a few of those players as well, uh, and then, um, then that'll be that'll be the show. So the first, but first, I want to talk about uh, draft trades. Last night, you know, for a little bit after the soccer game ended, um, and, and not before it actually ended, not before it, it really ended. Um, the, the, the Mark Stein came out with a report saying the Boston Celtics were trying very, very hard to shop around the third overall pick, trying to bring back a star, and they were finding themselves rebuffed by, by Chicago for Jimmy Butler, by Utah for Gordon Hayward. They, they weren't thrilled with Philadelphia's offer of Nerlens Noel or Jalil Okafor, and the statement seemed to be, uh, the, sa- the statement that seemed to come out was there are no veterans available for the third overall pick. And more or less since February, since the trade deadline, I've had this. I've had the feeling that the Magic Two would like to trade out of this draft. Um, if you look at the, and we'll take a look a little bit at the draft class um, later on in the show today. But if you look at this draft class, it's not a particularly deep class. It, it, it's there. There are some good. There's always good players, but but they all have flaws. Like every player, you, you can. You know, pluck a player probably in that 10 to 20 range, and they're all very, very similar. And you can point to one flaw that makes you say, I don't know if I really want to pick him. But you can also point to one thing that says, I, I really like this guy. Uh, and it, it, to me, a lot of the players in this draft are going to come down to situation that they're in and the roles that they're given as rookies and, and early on in the careers as to whether they'll even make it in the league. It's, it's that kind of a draft. And so the Celtics, even at three, are having a hard time moving the pick. To get something valuable, because you look at Boston, they finished sixth in the East last year. They're trying to take a step up, and as, as valuable as a rookie can be, even that high as a guy like Jamal Murray or Chris Dunn or Buddy Heald or Dragon Bender, as valuable as those guys can be, they don't help the team immediately. And so it's tough when you're in a situation where you're trying to win immediately to pick a rookie, and that's kind of the situation the Magic find themselves in two at eleven. The Magic are moving from rebuilding to competing. It's been that way for two years now. They went from 25 wins to 35 wins last year, and that's a big step. And then to go from picking 5th in the draft to 11th in the draft, 
is a is a big step. Uh, it, it it is something that it's it's obviously a, a a stepping stone along the process that the Magic need to take to get where they want to go eventually, which is of course a championship or competing for championships and and competing for the playoffs. It's 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 all they're all in line. I mean, it's not like they've they've skipped steps or you know maybe they had the one bad year um, last season. Uh, but they they took they took the step forward and had the year they were supposed to have this this past season. So, what can the Magic do then in a draft where the guys that they're likely picking have a serious flaw that may prevent them from contributing immediately, and they can't quite trade the pick for a veteran? We talked a little bit about this yesterday about what the draft strategy should be, or it was either yesterday or the day before, that the Magic have to try and take the best player available, but also find someone who can contribute even off the bench. Um, the Magic obviously needs some depth, as, as most teams do. They need some depth, and they need to kind of restock the, the talent behind their core guys. Um, to make a major trade, they would have to trade away one of their core guys, and then I wrote an article for Fansided. Um, it'll probably be coming up in the next few days, just kind of spitballing some trade ideas for, for draft night. And I found as I was doing this exercise, and, and I take it as, a, as an exercise, not as a, you know, this is what the Magic should do. And, and when I share it, I'll probably have to make that clear again. But if you're going to trade for a guy like Jimmy Butler, if you're going to try and get into, like, the Kevin Love sweepstakes or, you know, make a push for DeMarcus Cousins if, if Sacramento even wants to trade him, you're going to have to give up something very valuable. And, and that means Victor Oladipo and Nikola Vucevic. And even that may not be enough. And so when you're at 11 and you're trying to bring in a veteran, 11 on its own isn't going to be enough probably because you're looking at some of these players that are just still incredibly raw and have holes and aren't ready to contribute immediately. Obviously, if, you, if, if the pick were worth keeping, you'd keep the pick. And things can change with the draft. Like... Like, and, and I'll talk a little bit about this in the mock draft review. In one mock draft that I did, you know, Marquise Chris fell to 11. And I don't think he's a great fit for the Magic. He's obviously extremely talented, a lot of upside. But to me, he, he copies a lot of what Aaron Gordon does. And I'd rather keep Aaron Gordon right now than bring in a raw prospect like Marquise. Like, like Marquise Chris. And... In this particular mock draft, I wasn't able to make trades. It was just a straight, you know, run run through the list. And so I opted not to take him and let him slip another spot. Um, because the Magic, you know, in, in, in that scenario where I'm not allowed to make trades, the Magic need someone that can contribute more immediately, that can help off the bench. And I felt another player at that time would do that. So, you know... I think when I'm looking at how, how the Magic can, can be active on the trade market in this draft, I think it's not necessarily about moving up or getting a big piece. I think the way to get active in this draft is either to trade down and try and bring in a veteran along with bringing in maybe a lower draft pick, maybe even an early second round pick. Maybe trade out of the first round completely and take an, take an early second round pick and, and say, this, you know, we're going to build, we're going to you know, bring in some role players that way. Some non-guaranteed contracts. We keep our flexibility for, for free agency, yada, yada, yada. But it, it seems to me, you know, 
moving that pick is going to be very difficult. And so, you know, I, I was very bullish on them keeping the pick in February. But now that I've taken a look at this draft class, you know, you're taking a look at the market. There seems to be a lot of teams in this transition phase that the Magic are in. There's not a lot of teams willing to pawn off veterans for draft picks, for chances at some of these players. And so that means the Magic might be, and stuck isn't is probably too harsh of a word, but they might be stuck taking the 11th pick. So now we'll move on to some of the mock drafts that I've done and what the Magic could, what scenarios the Magic could be looking at. Um, you know, it seems to me from from people that that there's still a bit of hesitancy with with some of the guys that the Magic have have been projected to take. And in each mock draft that I did, you know, there were there were options. There were options that that I was happy with, and I had to pause on and had to take. I did a mock draft with Hardwood Proxism. I've got my own mock draft that I'm working on that I'll have up tomorrow on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I'll have I've done I did a mock draft uh, with Boston Globe, so I mean I've run through a few draft scenarios um, by this point of of this of the process, and each time there are certainly some players that surprised me that fell. Um, Marquise Chris was was one guy like I mentioned who's a little hard to peg. I think he'll go. In the top ten, I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's he's kind of the prototypical NBA athlete that that scouts just love, that teams just fall in love with, just based on his talent alone. Um, they feel like they can mold him into something. Uh, but each time, I was left with the choice of Marquise Chris or Scal Abasier, uh, Scal Abasier, Deontay Davis. Um, you know, Henry Ellenson slipped a lot. It was just not a popular pick among among writers, um, and I, I understand why. Although I think he'll go uh, relatively early to to a team that like Toronto that just needs someone who's who's more fully developed. Um, but you know, each time the, the the profile of the guys I was looking at was what I expected and kind of what I described. It they were players who have holes in their games but have tremendous upside. Uh, you look at a guy like, and, and, and the choice that I've been racking my brain over, and, and frankly regretting a little bit, uh, is, is the choice between Scal Abissier and, and, and Deontay Davis. Those are two incredibly raw small forward, or centers who obviously have a lot of talent, um, but struggled a little bit in their time in college. Uh, Labissier it's pretty well known. He was he was a top five pick at the beginning of the season. He's got a lot of talent. He looks really good in workouts when no one's guarding him. He, he's got good range on his jumper. He he's got good athleticism. But when he got into a game, he struggled, and the numbers show that he struggled. He really just did not produce much for Kentucky this year. And so, you, you, do you take a risk on that? Do you say we can we can we can further the development that that didn't happen last year or? You know, there's enough upside there that we can work with that. You know, the, the question that I have with Scal, essentially the question that I have with both Labissiere and Davis is for this upcoming year, can they replace what Dwayne Dedman gives you? Because essentially both those guys would fill that role that Dedman had. And, and they're both rim protectors. They're both able to play defense. They both have the potential to play defense. Um, the question is, can they? Uh, Deontay Davis, of course, uh, backup center at, at Michigan State struggled a lot with fouling, but has long arms, good defensive instincts. He's more of a, he's probably more developed on the defensive end, where Labissiere is more developed on the offensive end. 
Uh, and, and if either of these two guys fall to the Magic, I think they got to really seriously consider taking them despite those flaws. Uh, you look at some of the other players that might be available at that time that, that fill a need. I mean, obviously you got Jakob Pertl, who I think has some limitations. I, I've, I've kind of compared him a lot to, to Nikola Vucevic in that potentially he has more offensive ability than than Nikola Vucevic, or not offense, more defensive ability than Nikola Vucevic. He's just just a little bit longer, uh, has has better defensive instincts, but offensively they're they're very similar. Pirtle's maybe a step below, and I'm not sure that he moves the needle forward for the team. It, it's just kind of he's there as a replacement for Vucevic rather than as a step forward uh, from Vucevic, who we all kind of seem to think is uh, is is on the trade block uh, again, or, or is just not. Part of, of the team's long term future, um, you know. I look at there's maybe some talk of Jalen Brown falling. I'm not completely sold on him as a prospect. Just he's just not a good shooter, and I think that's that's so important. And especially with this Magic team, they need shooting. So while he does have a lot of talent, and I think he can he can continue to grow and and you know build into into a certain kind of player, um, the Magic needs shooting. And Brown is going to get kind of caught in. The web of the Magic's backcourt, and I worry that he won't get playing time between Evan Fournier, Victor Oladipo, Mario Hazonia, uh, and Aaron Gordon. There's not a lot of time on that wing still for for a player like him. Although they do need length at the three, and maybe Hazonia brings that. And who knows? Um, Denzel Valentine to me has a, has kind of a, a, a short ceiling. Um, I think he's a very good player. I think he would produce. I think he'll he'll fill up stat sheets, but I just don't see him as anything more than a bench player. And I think what the Magic need to do in this draft is try and find a way to bring in a player that can contribute off the bench immediately, but can eventually grow into a starter and push for starters minutes. Um, that you know, I don't see them bringing in a point guard. Um, I like Demetrius Jackson. I like Wade Baldwin, but I think bringing in a young point guard sends a bad message to Alfred Payton, who just came off a year where he's struggling. He was struggling with his role and, and butting heads with the coach and, you know, a lot of questions about the point guard position. So I don't think the Magic will draft a young point guard at 11 at least because um, both Baldwin and and uh, J- Jackson have the talent to grow into starters. They're, they're not there yet. They both need to be coming off the bench, but um, they both have that talent to move forward. A guy like um, Timothy Luwawu is extremely raw. Uh, Malachi Richardson... I, I, there, there are parts of his game that I really like and parts of it that, that I don't. I, I have some questions about him. Uh, you know, I, I Obviously, I'm, I can go down the list of everyone that, that we profiled, but you can check out a lot of these profiles on orlandomagicdaily.com. I'll, I'll put a link up to um, our NBA draft category page. You can probably find most of them there, and I'll recap all of those uh, draft prospect pa- pages uh, in a post uh, for tomorrow morning as well, uh, just so that you can find them all. In, in one place so you know you look at this you look at this draft and there's there's obviously there's obviously talent um, every draft has talent but this draft at 11 for what the magic need it, it may not fill a need perfectly it may not fill a need you know the way that the team needs it to but the magic will have to find a way to uh, They'll have to find a way to, 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 to get someone who is going to be able to contribute and is going to be able to 
add something to the team while also while also uh, giving some hope for the future or, or having some development for the future. And, and that's a tough thing to do, and, and the Magic are under pressure to win right now, so they'll be, you know, they, I think they'll be fishing for trades, trying to get a veteran. I don't think they really want another rookie. I mean, there's no one here that I'm willing to, to throw, the, throw the house at um, for where this Magic team is at. You know, even, you know, you know if, if I'm offered one and two, that's a tough sell to my fans to, to say, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we got our star. It's going to be another two years before we're in the playoffs. That's a that's a really tough sell to this fan base from from what I've talked to with fans. It's obviously been four years since the Magic made the playoffs, longest playoff drought in team history. So it's a it's going to be an interesting time for the next uh, forty eight hours or so as as the Magic move through the draft process. Uh, I've actually got to go, so I got to cut this thing short. Uh, Rob Hennigan is is going to be speaking to the media uh, later today. Um, you'll probably be listening to this while you're reading the article I wrote about about it, but um, he'll be talking talking to media a little bit today to, to, to preview the draft and some pre-draft availability. Uh, so I'll have a report on that for you on OrlandoMagicDaily.com later today. I'll be back here to recap it tomorrow. So remember, you can find us Locked On Magic Podcast. Um, I, it should be on iTunes. So search iTunes. If you can't find it there, go to AudioBoom.com, search Locked On Magic Podcast. There's a link off to the left on that page that says iTunes. Click on that. That'll subscribe you on iTunes so you get this podcast on your listening device every single morning uh, when I record it. And uh, we'll be doing this daily during weekdays and uh, getting you set for the day and talking about everything there is to talk about for the Magic. Uh, we are almost a draft day, so very, very excited excited to say to hear to say that and, and to have something you know tangible to talk to. We'll get a better picture of, of our offseason. Um, tomorrow I'll probably talk a little bit about uh, the Chauncey Phillips um, Turning, turning the magic down, as well as uh, some of the comments that, that Rob Hennigan said. And uh, we'll take it from there. So for the Lockdown Magic Podcast, this has been uh, Philip Rossman-Reich of OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me at OmagicDaily. We'll see you tomorrow here on the Lockdown Magic Podcast.